Praise God. God is a good God. Amen. Everybody enjoyed that blizzard we had last night. You know, it was, it was terrible, you know, just so, so bad. Um, I know one of my Facebook friends was saying, um, does anyone have Travis Myers, um, cell phone number? Because my kids are going to be pretty upset when they wake up in the morning time. And so, but, um, you know, here, here's the thing about Oklahoma. For some of you that are not from Oklahoma, when they say it's going to snow, it's probably not going to snow. It's when they say it's not going to snow, that's when you need to look for a blizzard. All right. So, um, and then if anyone has some common sense, um, I don't know if you guys took science or not, but um, you'd have to learn it has to be below 32 degrees in order for stuff to freeze. And if you looked at the weather, it was going to be like 33 degrees you know, all night long. So it really didn't seem that snow was going to stick. And so, um, you know, it might snow, but it didn't stick. So we're here today enjoying life. All right. It will snow at some point in time here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's usually, we have to wait till Earl Glisson gets back in town. Um, Earl's from, um, it's true. Every time he comes in town in the wintertime, we get snow because he's from Florida and I don't know why he brings the snow, but so he's coming back at Winter Bible Seminar, so we'll just see what happens. Anyway, just, we love Pastor Earl. All right, well, tonight we're going to talk about the devil. So um, that's what I decided to talk about. Um, you know, the devil's a pretty important character in the Bible. Um, obviously, um, the devil's what changed a lot of things in the Bible. Um, and, you know, we, we talk about that. The Bible says, says that I am the Lord our God and I change not. He doesn't change. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the devil's also the same. We have the same devil that was here in Genesis chapter 1. All right. And many times it does seem that as you hear people minister, you would think most ministers don't have any problem with the devil. He never attacks their life. He never attacks their finances because the way they act... They act like, um, you know, once you get saved, you get the MC Hammer card. You know, what does that mean? Well, you know, once you get saved, then you can dance around in your MC Hammer pants, like in 1990, say, can't touch this, and the devil can't touch you. But that's not the truth. All right? The devil does try to touch us. The devil does try to make our life miserable. And he's been doing it from the beginning. Now, do you realize the closest thing to heaven ever on the earth was the Garden of Eden? And you know, right in the middle of the Garden of Eden, the devil existed. Because he was able to tempt Eve. Um, you know, and I don't think he just walked up and said, you know, pretty please eat from the tree. I mean, somehow he brought some kind of temptation, something that made her eat. All right. I mean, you know, it's a woman. Women don't eat very often anyway. They're always like, no, I can't, can't do that. Um, but, um, you know, the thing about it is the devil is real and he's out to get you. I mean, that's what it's all about. Many of you think my favorite scripture is John 10, 10. And it talks about, now John 10, 10, I do want to let you know, <clears throat> this is Jesus talking. It's red letters in your Bible. So roughly 2,000 years ago, this is what Jesus said about the devil. He says, the thief, which is the, the devil, El Diablo, for those of you 
that speak Spanish. All right. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and they may have it more abundantly. And many people read that scripture and they clap about Jesus coming so we can have an abundant life. And they talk about how abundant our life is. And that is true. But the first part of the scripture is the devil is out to get you. Jesus was warning us that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. None of those things are good. Nobody wants to get stolen from. Nobody wants to get killed. And you don't want to get destroyed. Now, I've often wondered, how do you get destroyed after you're killed? Because you're already dead. And you know, actually what I think that is, is not only does the devil want to destroy you, he wants to destroy your legacy. The legacy that you leave, you know, and, um, you know, so the thief is out to destroy us. Now, the um, New Living Translation says it this way, says the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. You know, they tell you, you should know your purpose in life. According to the New Living Translation, the The devil has one purpose in your life, in his life, is to make yours miserable. That's his purpose. And he's good at it. And we need to understand he's good at it. We need to understand the devil is going to try to make your life miserable. All right? And when you resist him, he's going to come the next day and try to make your life miserable. And you, when you resist him, he's going to come the next day and try to make your life miserable. All right. Now, my grandfather talked about one time that after a service, that some lady came up to him and says, um, Brother Hagen, the devil has really been attacking me a lot. So will you pray that he's going to leave me alone? And my grandfather answered, do you want me to pray you're going to die and go to heaven? She goes, no, I'm not ready to die and go to heaven. And he says, the only way that he's not going to attack you is if you die and go to heaven because he has no, he can't go to heaven. (coughs) You know, the devil is going to attack you as long as you're here on the earth. So you need to know that. You know, so when you get attacked, you know what you should just say? Well, that's just the devil being the devil. But just because I get attacked doesn't mean anything. All right. It just means the devil is trying to be the devil. He's going to try to attack you in life. He's going to try to attack your finances. He's going to try to attack your kids. And I I tell you what, the more he can't attack you, the more he try to attack your family. He'll try to attack you in many different ways. All right. So what does the Bible say that we should do about that? Well, first of all, the devil comes with temptation. And do you realize some things that are tempting to you are not tempting other people? The devil knows what your temptation is. Um, And you say, well, you know, yeah, the devil's not going to try to do that to me. Do you realize the devil came and tried to tempt Jesus himself when he was here on the earth? Now, what did Jesus do whenever he was tempted? Do you know what he did? He read the word to the devil. Now, um, my grandfather says in one of his books is one of the reasons why people 
can't get their needs met is they don't know what the word is. So if you don't know what the word says, you can't resist the devil with the word because you don't know what it says. But every time that Jesus was tempted, then he would say, it is written. Well, in order to know what's written, you better know the word. And, um, but James 4, 7 says this, New Living Translation will read, it says, so humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, to resist something means you're going to have to speak to it. You're going to have to do something. All right, if, if you don't do anything, the devil's not going away. It's just like, at my house, we have many dogs. All right, and so... Um, if one starts barking, then the others start barking. And if you just let it go, it'll just bark. But if you walk out and yell no, then they'll shut up. I mean, I didn't have to, you know, get a bat out or anything like that. All I had to do was yell no. That was resisting those dogs and they shut up. So you'll see a lot of people, they let the devil do whatever and they don't do anything about it. They just sit there and watch them. Well, when he's trying to mess your life up, do something about it. You know, first of all, tell the devil, according to the word, he has no right. He has no authority. You know, but we got to do something. We can't just watch him, you know, do whatever. Now, here's the thing is the devil will come in many ways. He'll come, you know, one of the biggest ways it seems he comes here recently is through fear. Fear. Everyone's afraid of everything. You're afraid of, you know, heights. You're afraid of falling. You're, you're afraid of not having enough money. You're afraid of buying fuel because it's so expensive. You're afraid of driving a car that's um, gas-powered because you now have to drive electric cars. No. Everyone, everyone, they try to put fear on you. You know, but um, the devil will try to make you afraid. One way he makes you afraid is he attacks you, all right? In the Old Testament, um, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, um, ver- the New Living Translation says this, says, but in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. Those benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me, I, the Lord, um, have spoken. Isaiah 54, 17, New Living Translation. So the New King James says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, the thing is, we have to understand, the devil will form weapons against you. And some of them will seem scary. I mean, it'll seem like a credible threat. Like, like you know, you're not going to make it. You're not going to have enough money. You're not going to be able to afford this. But you know what? The Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper as long as you don't believe it's going to prosper. Do you realize it's going to prosper? I mean, a lot of times what we do is we let the devil attack us and then we accept it. What do you mean we accept it? Well, well, we, we start talking about it. Well, I don't feel good. Man, I feel terrible. I mean, everyone has, has the flu right now, so maybe I have the flu. The flu is a real thing, by the way. Um, just want to let you know, because the flu 
dropped off the radar for a couple of years. It's back with a vengeance. Um, I mean, you know, we let sickness in our, you know, we let issues, problems, you know, when, when a problem arises, when a circumstance arises, what we need to do is we need to, you know, devil, you have no right. Now, the Bible says right, right here, he says that um, Jesus says that those benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. Let the Lord vindicate your, your issues. Give your, give your problems to God. Say, God, this is an issue that's come against me. Take care of it. Because you love me. All right. So one scripture that we use in that is, is um, 1 Peter 5, 7. The New Living Translation says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. So you know what? Whenever we have things that attack us, weapons start to attack us, we said, God, here, take care of these. Now, you understand if you give a worry to God, then it's no longer yours to worry about. Because if you start worrying about something you've given to God, you haven't given it to God because you're still worrying about it. So I'm gonna, this is a little test. So if you're ever at home, well, I don't care where you are, you don't have to be home, you can be in your car. But, but a lot of times this happens at nighttime for whatever reason, you're trying to go to sleep and you begin to worry about some situations. Anyone ever been there? I've been there. Anybody been there before? And then you can't go to sleep. And then usually what you, you know, I, I know you probably should pray about it. Most people don't. What they do is I'll turn the TV on, I'll watch a movie. Or I'll, I'll get on the computer, I'll do something, you know, so I don't have to think about it. Well, the thing about it is if you're worrying about something, you need to know you haven't given that worry to God because you're still worried about it. Now, if you say, well, yeah, I did give it to God, but I'm still worried about it, then you really, you're, you didn't give it to God. You said you gave it to him, but either that or you just don't trust him. I mean, is that the case? Do you not trust God to take care of your worry so you have to continue to worry about it? Now, no one would ever say, well, no, I don't trust God, but you sure act like it. Because, you know, if I'm going to give my worries to God, then I can't be worrying about my worries anymore. Because, you know, I should be singing, don't worry, be happy. Because I'm not worried about it. Now, I'm here to tell you what happens is, is the devil tries to come back to you and make you worry about something you've already given to God. And that's why you have to tell Mr. Devil, hey, that's not my problem anymore. If you want to have an issue, you need to talk to God because he's worried about that now. Because I cast my care upon him. I cast my worries upon him. So they're no longer my worries. And that's when you can have joy unspeakable because you're not worried about it anymore. It is interesting because after, <clears throat> excuse me, after first Peter five, seven is first Peter five, eight. That's usually the way the Bible works. All right. And, but you know, a lot of people don't read first Peter five, eight because they read first Peter five, seven, they cast their worries and now they're done. But Peter wasn't done. 
he says this, verse eight, stay alert. So see, once I cast my my worries to God, I still gotta be mindful. Something's gonna happen. Well, what's gonna happen? Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. Here's El Diablo again, all right? What's he do? He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now see what, it's interesting because this scripture was put in there after it says to cast your cares upon the Lord. See, what happens is when we cast our cares upon the Lord, when we give him our problems, when we give him our issues, the devil's not gonna take that for an answer. He's gonna come to you. He's not gonna come to God. He's gonna come to you and says, um, so hey, do you think God's gonna take care of those? You know, you better start worrying about that. I mean, you know, you got that due tomorrow. And so now it is interesting because it does say this. It says, um, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, here's the thing, and many people kind of read it. And I don't know, I, I guess I've always imagined when I get to the scripture, the three little pigs, you know, and, you know, the big bad wolf and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but here's the thing. I don't know about you, but if I'm walking down the street and all of a sudden I see an actual lion that's roaring, that's close by, that's kind of scary. All right. I mean, you know, it's a credible threat. Now, if I happen to be carrying a weapon, it would be less credible of a threat because as long as it's far enough away from me that I could get a, a shot off. But, um, you know, it's a credible threat. And so the devil is going to try to put credible threats out there to try to knock you off your game. And you got to know that because he wants to, you know, he's trying. It doesn't say he has a right. He's trying um, he prowls around like a wrong line looking for someone to devour. He's trying to find out the person that doesn't know their rights in Christ Jesus. And just because we gave the Lord our problems doesn't mean we're not going to take them back. And, you know, he's trying to get you to, to start worrying about your problems again. Because he wants you worried. Because when you're not worried, then you're dangerous because you might actually go out and get somebody saved. You know, one thing that keeps us from doing what we need to do to go win the lost is our own issues. Having our own problems, dealing with our own problems, dealing with the problems of our family, sometimes take a lot of our time so we don't have time to go out and touch the world. Now, if you don't have your own worries, then you have plenty of time to go out and minister to others. Well, the devil doesn't want that. So what he's going to do is he's going to walk around like a roaring lion telling you what he's going to try to do to you. I know that sounds like a Keith Moore song. Um, and that's why he, he wrote it from, from the scripture, actually. Um, but he's trying to tell you what he's going to do to you. Now, do you have to understand anyone that plays a lot of sports is used to somebody talking smack. 
All right, in different sports, I mean, different things, you, you know, they'll talk smack. Now, there's one thing to talk smack, another thing to back up the smack that you talk. A lot of times people just talk smack and they really not can't back it up. You know, see, the devil knows he has no authority if you know your authority. But he's going to act like that he has authority. Because as, until you resist him, he will have authority. He only has no authority whenever you come against him and tell him, Mr. Devil, you're going to have to leave. You have to get off these premises. Um, you know, you have no right. You have no authority. Yeah, but I want to be here. You know, and here's the deal. You can kick him out today. He'll come back tomorrow. Because he's persistent. And he's going to try to kill, to steal, and to destroy you. And when you resist him, he'll come back the next day to try to do it again. And you need to know that. You need to know his tricks. You need to know what he's going to do. You know, one way to win a war is to know your enemy. And our enemy is going to try to get us mentally to think, well, you know, start us worrying about how we're going to get through this. Well, the way you get through it is you trust God. Say, God, here's my issues. Here they are. Boom. You take care of them. But then what's the real is, as soon as you give them to God, here's going to be the devil coming around the corner. It'll be coming around the corner. Anyway, he's, he's going to come around trying, you know, and like I said, if there was a lion that was roaring and they were in a cage, you probably wouldn't be that concerned about it. But if there's a, if, if you happen to be, you know, hiking in the woods and you come across a mountain lion that's sitting there, you know, roaring, then it might, you might not be um, as comfortable as you normally would. Um, you know, but here's the thing is we know in advance that the devil's going to try to roar. And we know that his bark, you know, is no big deal. His bark is worse than his bite. I mean, he's, he, he has no authority unless you give him the authority. All right. So it goes on to say, verse number nine, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remembering, remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. You know what? We all have the same devil. And, you know, whether you talk about it or not, the devil tries to attack all of us. All right? And it's not that the devil never tries to attack the preacher. He just doesn't give, give room to the devil to talk. You know, I mean, why talk negative stuff? Now, the Passion Translation says it this way, 1 Peter 5, 7 through 9, it says, it says, pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there for he always tenderly cares for you. Now, I like the, this version because it says, give God all your worries and your stress. Now, here's the thing. If you're giving all your worries and stress to God, then you can't be stressed out about anything. So if you ever have one of these days where you're saying, man, I'm so stressed out, 
didn't stop being stressed out. And instead of having one of those days, why don't you have one of these stress-free days because you're going to give your worries and stress to God? As soon as you say you have worries and stress, then your next thing says, okay, I'm going to give those to the Lord. Instead of like, well, I'm going to figure out how to do it. Well, the best way is for you not to figure out how to do it. You just give it to him. Now it goes on to say, um, now I like it. It says, 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 um, it says, put all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there for he always tenderly cares for you. Verse eight, be well balanced and always alert. So we gotta be looking out for the devil right here. It says, always alert because your enemy, the devil roams around um, incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles that you endure. So, you know, when the devil comes around and tries to stress you out, says, uh-uh, I've already gave those stress to, to, to God. He's taking care of it for me. Well, you think he can do it? Of course he can do it. We're talking about this as God. I mean, I mean we're, we're talking about God here. And so um, I think anything that's a worry and stress to you is no big deal to God. So when the devil's trying to tell us, hey, um, you know, God's busy with all those two, 200 other thousand requests. He doesn't have time for you. Say, well, you know, my request is pretty easy. I, I didn't need a million dollars. I, I, you know, it was, it was a small one. I mean, you know, the, the deal is, is that we shouldn't be stress-free because we know our God. And, and that's the point. So we'll leave you with one more scripture. First John 4, 4, New Living says this, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Now, the Bible says we have already won a victory even before the devil comes and tries to attack us. All right, the Bible says we have already won a victory. Why have we already won a victory? Because the greater one lives on the inside of us. So it doesn't matter all these piles of stuff that he's trying to do. Now, um, I prided myself by being very good at math. I'm just not good at third grade math. No, <laughs> no, because my granddaughter tried to help her in her math and the deal is like, well, have you learned this yet? Have you learned that yet? I mean, because I can get the problem because I know more stuff than she's learned. So it's like, you know, you know, and it's really hard. And, and um, my sister will vouch, I'm not a very good math teacher. Because I'm like, I don't understand. Why don't you get it? It's really easy. Math is easy. All right, it's not that hard. Um, and the great thing about it is half the pro- answers to the problems are in the back of your book. All you got to do is look at them. You know. <laughs> now, the teacher knows that too. That's why they tell you to show your work or whatever. 
But the thing about it is, um, the, one of the reasons they do that, they put some of the, the answers in the back of the book so, so you can figure out how they got that answer so you know how to do it right. Anyway, but, um, but one of the things that we have in math is we have the little alligator type symbol, alligator mouth type symbol, the greater than symbol. Anyone familiar with the greater than symbol? It looks like this, like Pac-Man. Um, you know, now they have the greater than equal to, which is a greater than symbol in a line underneath it. But when we use our math and we put Jesus over here and we put the greater than symbol, do you realize that anything the devil tries to throw at you from the devil himself to sickness, disease, poverty, lack, anything is all less than Jesus? Anything he throws at you is a less than word. There's nothing the devil will ever try to throw at you or attack you with that's greater than the name of Jesus. Not one thing. So if you know your math, then we shouldn't be concerned. We shouldn't be worried. All we should say is, hey, God, here's my issues. Take them. Now I'm not going to worry about it. Now, here's the thing. What we find out here, you know, from Peter <coughs> is maybe you're not going to worry about him, but the devil's going to try to make you worry about him again. And the devil's good at what he does. And so he's going to try to make you worry, but you need to understand that your God is capable of taking care of your issues. Even when you have lots of them, some of you might have, but your God's able to take care of all your issues and everybody else's issues in this house, or the house, well, church and your house. All right. God can deal with your issues. So if you give God your issues now, I like the, the passion because you're going to give him your stress, all the things that you're having trouble with. And even when the devil's going to try to come back like a roaring lion and saying, Hey, what about all these issues? You're going to be saying, um, I'm going to put my hammer pants on say, can't touch this because I gave them to Jesus. Um, you know, you, you don't have any right. Yeah. So you don't have any authority. And you know what? If you want to deal with the person who's taking care of my problems, then you need to go find God. Let him deal with it because the devil's not going to, he can't deal with that. You know, but the thing is, and I'm making this fun, but it's not fun to be attacked by the devil. All right. It's going to seem real. It's going to seem real. It's going to seem like, man, you know, that this weapon's going to take me down. But who are you going to put your trust in? Who are you going to put your reliance in? You know, just trust in the Lord. Going back to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. You know, like I learned when I was a kid in children's church, when my um, mom picked me up one day and said, what'd you learn today? The devil's mean and God is good. Still the same. 
the devil is mean as God is good. And the devil has no right, no authority. He will try to attack, but don't give him any place. Put your MC hammer pants on and start saying, can't touch this because he has no right. He has no authority if you don't let him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for each and every person that's here, each and every person that's watching online. And Father God, we thank you the next time that we go through a situation where the devil's trying to attack us, the devil's trying to bring us down, the devil's trying to destroy us. We thank you, Father, that we'll know that the greater one lives on the inside of us. We know that we've already won the victory through Christ Jesus. And Father God, help us to resist the devil and he will flee from us. We thank you, Father, that every situation, every stressful situation, we're going to cast it upon you and you're going to care for those things and we're going to move on stressful free, worry free, and we're going to have a wonderful day. We thank you, Father, that you're going to help us to be able to take care of all these situations and we're going to do it to your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God's a good God. Amen. 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 We have some women over here, some men over here. If you need prayer for anything, whatever it might be, whether it be salvation, um, infilling of the Holy Spirit, whether it be for healing. Um, if, if you're a woman, you go see the women. If you happen to be a man, you can go see the men. If you don't know what you are, we have ushers that will help you, direct you to the right place. Let's all stand up. Amen. God's a good God. Amen. Amen. Don't forget Sunday morning, right back here, 10 o'clock in the morning. Have a, a great day. Be sure to continue to pray for the Crusade team as they're there in Marietta, California. Talk to you later. Enjoy the snowfall outside. Have a great day.